And we are live. Super excited. Welcome to the Restaurant Marketing Podcast, where we talk about how multi-unit brands successfully market at the local level. Today on the show, we have Adam Gollum of Primanti Brothers. Primanti Brothers, with their 37 locations based in Pittsburgh, are known for their giant sandwiches with French fries stuff right inside them. You can see them behind us here. Some call them an institution. Some would say they're a cultural icon, and most would just say they are awesome. Uh, they've been in business since 1933 and named one of America's classic restaurants by the James Beer Foundation. I didn't even know James Beer Foundation could do that. That's amazing. Uh, Adam is their president and chief marketing officer. Uh, Adam has worked for a number of well-known Pennsylvania brands, including Eaton Park and Giant Eagle, two brands that my family has definitely frequented as uh, residents of Northwestern Pennsylvania. Adam was awarded the American Marketing Association Retail Marketer of the Year, uh, and most recently was recognized by Nation's Restaurant News as one of the most influential restaurant executives in the United States. That does not surprise me. He has three daughters and grew up eating Primanti Brothers sandwiches. Fun fact, Adam once rode a bicycle from Seattle to New Hampshire. I have lots of questions about that. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rev. Super, super excited. So do you remember your first Primanti Brothers experience? Yeah, I think I was probably five or six and my grandfather took me uh, to the original location and uh, kind of bellied up to the bar, had that first sandwich and uh, fell in love, you know, 40 some years later, still eating them. And do you like, have you had a consistent favorite sandwich the whole time or has it changed over? Uh, like- yeah. um, heavy bacon cheese. I'm a big bacon cheese fan. I'm a big pastrami fan. Those are probably my two go-tos, but uh, I really work the menu. Uh, but, you know, I think until I was probably interviewing with the brand, I really didn't look at a menu because I walked in and said, this is what I'm going to have. And then I started like looking <laughs> at the menu. I was like, when did they add all these items? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever been once and I've only ever had one sandwich. So my experience is very limited. So I had it at a, I had it at a Pittsburgh Pirates game. Yep. We have three locations and stadiums in Pittsburgh and uh, it's like tied to the Pittsburgh culture, but really have grown way beyond Pittsburgh, which has been great to see. Yeah, by, by the way, for anybody that's never eaten there uh, or is a baseball fan, that is probably one of the best stadiums ever, mostly in part because of the food that's available. Yeah, so. best. I think it's been voted best baseball stadium in America with one of the worst teams in it. Um, <laughs> Don't tell my late father. So I know we have high hopes, high hopes for the Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> moments, moments of hope there, but we'll see. Awesome. Well, look, this is a, this is a show about marketing. That's what we're going to talk about. Adam, what? How do you help each of your locations to be successful in, in their marketing needs? We can go any direction you want here. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, um, you know, we provide them with tools, um, you know, both at a kind of a corporate level. Um, so we've got uh, a ton of digital advertising programs that are running that they don't have to worry about uh, that drive traffic back into their restaurants. And we track the traffic. Uh, so we know what's actually been driven, very ROI driven. Um, we've got a loyalty program. Um, uh, award-winning. Uh, I think it still has lo- lots of room to grow, but probably one of the a really strong loyalty program in the restaurant industry um, with a, a large number of, um, we call our customers fans, so large number of fans in it. Um, we give them tools uh, to drive business around their restaurant, kind of that four walls uh, outside the restaurant and then really in the neighborhood. And then the brand as itself, uh, it's the most amazing brand I've ever worked on, the ability to get PR Uh, and unsolicited PR uh, from, you know, national influencers to national media uh, to the ability to create uh, events out of PR that get picked up, uh, insane ideas that come up that we (laughs) execute that the media covers. I mean, the brand has such a 90-year following uh, that it really has an ability to create national media attention. Um, You've kind of of overtime earned marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. And we have, you know, I mean, I think 
I was very fortunate coming into this role. Uh, we had over 400,000 fans on Facebook for wow. a brand our size to have that many is pretty powerful. And we've been re able to really activate that. Uh, we don't do any traditional media. Uh, we, you know, the, we were going down the path of no traditional media when the pandemic going into the pandemic and the pandemic started and we were like, that's the end of that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was literally everything had to drive a dollar in that afternoon. Um, and we went full blown digital and never looked back. So no, no radio, no print, no TV. No, no we'll do radio and billboards for grand openings. Um, when you're trying to get broad awareness fast, but uh, 100% digital advertising. Is the, what, is the what about direct mail? We do do some direct mail. Um, it's tougher. You know, the cost of direct mail is is tough. We use a lot of direct mail for kind of, I, I used to call them SOS, you know, the save our store, but save our restaurant, you know, where we have some challenging, um, we use some direct mail. Uh, but, we, you know, the way digital is today, uh, you can really reach a broad group. And the way we have some technology to track people that they actually saw the ad and they came in is uh, powerful. I, want, I would definitely want to break a lot of that down. Can we yeah. talk about Save Our Store real quick? I think this would be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so when you get a store or a group of stores or whatever that calls you, is like, Adam, we need help. What do you do? Yeah, I think um, so. You know, I, I work in I've worked in multiple retailers and restaurants. So you know, I'm working in a world that we call them restaurants, not stores. But that's, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's at first we dig into the data. Um, we're very analytically driven. So like, try to understand what is causing the problem. Is it competitive entrenchment? Um, is it uh, construction going on? Is there an operational issue? Um, is there a day part that's lagging? And then really build a strategy against that, and then kind of develop the campaign based on that. Um, and it's really multiple approach. So we start within the four walls, like what are we operationally doing? Um, are we executing well? Where the opportunities exist? Um, making sure we're running uh, programs in-house to get people to sign up for loyalty, get people to push that extra drink. Um, and then you start looking at the neighborhood. Um, very successful fundraising program, Dine and Donates. They drive a ton of business. Great way to connect with the community. Uh, and then we look for uh, amped up social media advertising. Um, and then, it, you know, direct mail is kind of the, the, the cannon or the, the bomb to drop, you know, you start with the pistol and work your way up to the, the bomb. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And ultimately if we drive people in direct mail, I always say um, you got to get them to connect to loyalty. So that's like a big focus. If you get in the door, we got to get you in our loyalty program. If we get you in our loyalty program, we we've got about 70 different campaigns running at any time. Um, a lot of AI driven campaigns to push people through flows um, and, and get them from, you know, a, a new user to a lifelong fan. Yeah, this, this sounds like a duh statement because it is, but it's amazing how people don't think about it. But like the cost of acquisition for a guest is so expensive when the margin is so small yeah. that you, you absolutely have to drive a second, third, fourth, fifth trip for it to make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't, I worked in restaurants and I spent seven years of my life in the grocery industry. Um, and, you know, a good day in groceries, like one and a half percent margin. Wow. Um, now we were a $10 billion company, so you could... You know, but, you know, but it's we a big spend one a and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of one and a half, you know, a lot of pennies, a lot of cans of corn to pay that bill today. You know, that I worked with a great head of operations and we'd come up with these ideas. He would look at me and be like, Adam, do you know how many cans of corn I have to sell to pay that back? Um, which was great to great to level set back at that. But, that was the index for all conversation. It was all, all conversations reverted back to cans of corn. Um, but it was good to think through that as you thought about that as a marketer. Um, but yeah, no, it's acquisition is so expensive. You got to move those people into a flow and convert them and get that second, third, fourth visit out of them. So yeah, it's really looking at everything. Um, you know, I, anytime we have a restaurant that's challenged, um, or a restaurant that they think there's opportunity, I think a lot of times you, you think about your bottom 10% and not your top 10% that actually could be doing more. 
I think that's the flip side also is uh, thinking a lot about the top restaurants and how you can even push them higher um, where they're potentially, you know, the, the, the number one restaurant, can it be doing more? Probably it's actually easier to do more in a high volume restaurant than do more in a low volume restaurant. You know, it's easier to push more in from an operational standpoint. Okay. So, so all right. So lo loyalty or at least some level of CRM seems to be big with you, right? Yeah. My whole life it's been, you know, I mean, I did email marketing, got fishbowl back in the day, uh, talk, you know, real old school. Um, uh, so that was that, uh, in the grocery industry at Giant Eagle, we had a 5 million person loyalty program, uh, best in class. I learned a ton from that award-winning grocery program and really try to take those ideas and because you can drive uh, a ton of business. And we're seeing that. We look at a person before they join the loyalty program and then after they join the loyalty program and we see a significant increase in their spend. What is the, what's the gist of your loyalty program? Is it like a points-based system or like how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, it is points based. Um, we pay and I this is a little, um, you know, people will talk about well, I don't do points based because I, I like surprise and delight and we don't discount. We do points based because we want people to give us their data. Um, so we do $5 when you sign up. And then for every $50 you spend, you get $5 back on your next visit. Um, and the real reason for that is we're paying you to tell us you're there every time because then we have a ton of campaigns under the hood running. Um, focused on increasing frequency, increasing spend, category depth, uh, channel depth. Um, so it's all uh, a lot of AI driven campaigns under the hood. There's all day long, there is some machine in somewhere in the cloud cranking through data and, and developing campaigns and pushing people through flows um, in email and SMS. So it's really, you got you to give some reason for people to swipe their card every time. Um, and that's what we learned in the world of grocery. And that's what it kind of applied here is you got to give somebody a reason to swipe that card so that you can then run the plays um, on it. And I, I, we use a lot of sports analogies being a sports bar, but I always say it's third and 10 and you're running the same play and expecting different results. Like you, you, you got to be running a lot of different plays. Right. So, I mean, <clears throat> so I'm assuming you mean you have a lot of like marketing automation going on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, uh, Patronix is our partner and um, we've got a ton of campaigns running with them. Um, you know, they've got a, they're constantly launching new, new campaign ideas, but, uh, and I think Rev, you heard me say this before is, uh, if you've never bought a kid's meal from us, we shouldn't be sending you kid's meal advertising. <laughs> How do you know if they have kids or not? Yeah. I mean, we do, we do some append, but you know, if we've never seen kids meals on your, you know, if it's been a year and you haven't had a single kid's meal, like you're not using either, you don't have kids or you're not using us for that experience. And, you know, we fit a different role in your life. Right. So do you do, do you do any batch and blast emailing or is everything like through automations and funnels? And no, whatnot? we do batch and blast. Um, I wouldn't call it as much blast because we're still running. Um, we run some uh, likelihood to open likelihood to purchase um, calculations. So you're not going to get the email if you're not going to, uh, if you don't look like you should open it or you don't look like you're going to actually be able to come in. So there is some, some technology and analytics under the hood. Uh, it's not like we're taking the whole database and everybody's getting the same email. Right. Um, now, are you running the same analysis automation plays for every store? Like, is it basically a customer? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we have additional campaigns running on different locations based on what their needs are. Yeah. So uh, it's a really, I mean, I have the power of marketing automation, which, you know, my whole life we've talked about it, but the power to have it run and execute every day with um, really no work once you build it is pretty, pretty cool to see. What's one of your favorite automation playbooks or tactics? Yeah, I mean, we did a reactivation campaign. Um, so we looked at people that were uh, either lapsing or were showing signals of lapse. So there's a really cool um, 
you look at people that have lapsed, this is really high tech analytics, but you look at people that have lapsed and you look at what signals they gave over like a four week prior period. Um, and we ran an, uh, a reactivation campaign. Um, so we did a $5 and $8 and a $10 offer. And um, what we found out is that the $10 offer actually had the highest activation rate, reactivation rate, but actually had the highest ROI. So it was even though we gave away $5 more, it actually drove a higher average check. Interesting. Um, and then we tracked those people over, I think, a next eight-week period, and the $10 people actually had more activation. You know, our, our finance people were thinking I was crazy giving $10 away. <laughs> but the ability to go to your CFO, to go to your, you know, we have, we have investors, to go to your investors who are like, why are you discounting and show them the data? It, it ends the discussion real quick. I mean, another one we run, uh, which was a pandemic thing, was uh, we did BOGO pizza during the, we did anything during the pandemic. I, always, I genuinely say we would sell you the artwork on the walls. Um, we were just happy to get people to- an autograph sandwich? <laughs> yeah, we would do. I mean, you want to buy the building, we'd sell you the building. Um, but we did this BOGO pizza and um, on paper, it's like, why would you give away a pizza? Well, first off, pizza costs nothing to give away. But uh, the average check on a BOGO pizza is like dramatically higher than the person that doesn't buy a BOGO pizza. Uh, so it's like you show the data and um, when you have a finance or an investor, I think that's the power of data-driven marketing is minutes you show the data, the discussion, or even an operator, like, why are we doing this? Well, you show them the data and the discussion's done. You know, that's, you know, it's like, I, I'm a big believer in the, uh, you know, in, in God we trust all others bring data, quote, <laughs> you know, because it's like, you know, the assumptions are a lot or no, no one buys that in my restaurant. You start pulling it out. Um, it's really powerful. Um, and we've got some great tools under the hood that can let us show that data and really prove the value. Hey, we also have stuff that doesn't work and it's okay to do that. Do you know what percentage of your guests are in your loyalty program? Yeah, we're running close to um, 20%. Wow, that's um, big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, 15% is kind of, when you talk to people in the industry, it seems like 15% is the benchmark because that's when it starts showing up enough that the staff notices it. And, you know, they always say, well, other customers will see it and they say, what, what are they doing? But it's really the staff piece of it, but um, we have restaurants that run in the 50%. Um, wow. and yeah, it's unbelievable. But our restaurants that the highest restaurants in loyalty also have some of our best performance. It's really, it is, there is a strong correlation between it. So when you're looking at two stores and you have a 50% and a 10%, it's why, what is it? Why is that happening? It's the ability to communicate with their fans directly and drive that incremental purchase, that incremental visit. So you know, I'm not happy because in grocery, we were at 95%. You know, in the 5% where you're like, where are these people that we can't find? You know, that like, but but that was the world of grocery and we did a lot to get there. Um, you know, and the, the easiest thing they did out of the gate was um, you didn't get any of the weekly sales unless you're a loyalty member. That was like the easiest way to go from like 50 to 75%. And then it was a lot of work to get 75 to 95 yeah, well, that's a very coupon-driven business. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a very trade, promotional-driven. Everything's on sale every week. Yeah, but no, I mean, I think I'm a big fan of loyalty, especially in a brand that's smaller, that's spread out a lot of markets. Um, I don't have the budgets of Chili's and Applebee's and TGI Fridays, and you keep going down the list. So it's like, how do I, how do I outpunch my weight class? And loyalty's been a key piece to us um, to do that because it's effective and efficient way to communicate with people and also to run campaigns. Um, to drive behavior change. Now, do you, I would, uh, we could, I could talk for hours about I this. I could talk for hours on it too, yeah. <laughs> it, it is almost limiting to have us for 30 minutes. But all right, so <clears throat> do you have a loyalty and an e-club? Like somebody's just in your email or is it just one thing? 
we've got three things. So I'll walk through them. We have a loyalty program that is both eClub and SMS. Um, not everyone gives SMS opt-in, which is, I think that's the next horizon. But at some point, SMS is going to become like your inbox was, was spam. Um, we have an eClub people that have signed up either through, um, at some point they signed up with this eClub or through our Wi-Fi marketing. Um, so we stage gate our Wi-Fi. If you want to get on our Wi-Fi, you got to give us an email address. We do that too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, that was low hanging fruit, but then we try to convert those people to loyalty. Um, and then we use a third party company um, called data delivers um, that uh, takes our credit card data and is able to communicate with people via email. Uh, they've got a uh, opt-in email list that they can connect with people through. That's um, So, so a, a consumer has opted in somewhere else mm-hmm. to got get it. messaging. Yeah. And it's all tied to credit card data. Um, wow. They call it pre-club, which is kind of a fun way to, you know, it's like before they get you in the club. And I jokingly say with their team, like, I want to put them out of business because I want everyone in loyalty. Right. Like I'm using, I only have to use them because I don't have everyone in loyalty. Um, And then we run lots of campaigns where we get email addresses. When we open a restaurant, um, we do kind of stole playbook out of Chick-fil-A where we give the first hundred people free sandwiches for a year. Um, We get a bunch of emails out of that that we dump into the system. So, but the ultimate goal is to get everyone into the loyalty program. That's like the... You know, if I say where, whatever we do, we ultimately want you to end loyally. All right. So let's talk about guest data capture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wi-Fi, you said you use, yep. right? Getting people's email that way. I'm assuming online ordering mm-hmm. is how you're getting. Yep. Uh, Olo, Olo, online ordering. Um, data delivers. Um, some Facebook stuff. We've tried some <clears throat> chat on Facebook, mixed results. Um, there, I think it early on had some legs. I don't know if it still does. But those are really the big things. Then loyalty sign up. Uh, we run campaigns. Uh, we run, you know, jokingly running contests. Uh, yeah, I used to think you had to give away cars and trips to get people to do things. I've now learned that it's as simple as giving away a T-shirt or they don't have to wrap silverware tonight and you get unbelievable results. Um, so like from your social media, you're running like a... Sign- no, sort of at the restaurant level. So we'll run restaurant level contests to get signups. And the winning restaurant gets like free T-shirts which motivates there's a very, and we put competition. We can, you know, we put the numbers out there. They compete against other restaurants in the system, a uh, very competitive culture. So that's a very effective way. We probably run four to six contests a year internally, just to try to build that uh, muscle memory with our staff. So they're asking every time somebody's checking out, are you a member of the loyalty program? Is that yeah. like from an in-store perspective, is that the number one way you're that's driving? The best way. Yeah. Rubber does rubber meets the road. The best way, if I could get every single, um, player, we call our, our team members players, every player to ask every single time, are you a member of the loyalty program? We would be, you know, we'd probably be at 75% of the business. Right, well, got to have goals, right? You do. And you look at the restaurants that do it the best. That's what they're doing. I mean, when you go in, they are like maniacal about asking, um, you know, one of our, one of our top, uh, we got all these terms. It's like the dictionary of primary state. The general manager is called head coaches. Um, one of our head coaches, built uh, his own tracking report on through NCR. So you can see on his phone, who's getting loyalty signups in real time. <laughs> and uh, like I mean, the guy's maniacal, but he he's top of the pack every time. And he's also performing well, like, like one of our top performing restaurants. That's amazing. The, yeah. One of the ways we, we do it at my spot, <clears throat> we use, we use uh, Viva spot or I evaluate whatever you want to call it for Wi-Fi. My people will literally walk up like, you guys know we have free Wi-Fi. Just go into your phone. Like, don't even pre- press e-club loyalty where we were like, we just yeah. push people to Wi-Fi. They love it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, we continue to talk about like, okay, who doesn't want $5 off? <laughs> like who doesn't want a discount? Find me the person that doesn't want a discount. Like, okay, well, you know, 
And then we also have a ton of regulars. Um, so it's like, if you're not asking your regulars just to join because they like you as a server or a bartender, then you're missing out. You know, if you're like, Hey, you just got to do this for me. Cause we're running a contest. I need you. I need to win. So I need you to sign up. That's amazing. All right. Again, yeah. a billion questions. Uh, when you're looking at your, your, your guest database, right. And you see a bunch of people who've only dined once. What's one of your favorite tactics or strategies to get the second visit? Yeah, I think um, if we have their data, so we have a lot of times we have their credit card data pre them coming in. So we're tokenizing credit cards. So we at least know what their behavior looks like pre. We're matching that up once they tell us they're a loyalty member and swipe that loyalty card with a credit card. We're able to look at their data. But yeah, I think it's really giving them, you know, we do, um, I think it's three or four visit campaign. That's different incentives. Because um, that's really a goal. If we can get you past four, we know we got you locked and loaded. So you're saying like an incentive for visit two, an incentive for visit yep. three, an incentive. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'll trigger it all based on in multiple paths. So there's lots of like, if you do X on visit two, this is what you get. If you do Y, this is what you get. If you do Z, this is what you get. Um, I'm not so big on like pushing. Guest has an option. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not big on pushing people in channels. Um, we have very few people that start with us online. Most people come in restaurant, then move to online. So I know some people are big on like, well, you know, visit three, let's tell them about online. Well, no, if they're an in-restaurant person, let's get them to come back in restaurant. Um, so yeah, we'll look, we have a whole bunch of different offers. We're always testing. Um, so we're always looking for what's better than what, you know, test versus control. Now, I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, would be like, I'm not giving you four discounts. I don't make money until the fifth trip. Like, is does it yeah, work? We make money. No, we make money every, every trip. So, I mean, very, very ROI driven. Um you know, you look at it, people, it's when you look at the before, you know, the with and without offer, the people with an offer are always spending more than the people without an offer. Really? Yeah. And do you think it's just because they think they're getting a deal? So they end up spending more or they bring a friend? Like, I think it's that? totally that. I think people go, I am playing with house money. So, you know, I'm playing with uh, $5 today or a free dessert. So let's get that, let's get that extra beer. I like beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we look at, we also look at things that make sense. We never put items together because we've got a good data under the hood. We never put items together that don't make sense together. So we look at a lot of basket analysis and check analysis to try to not put items together that don't make sense to the to the fan. Man, you don't sound like a marketer. You sound like a mathematician. It's you know <laughs> got a great team behind the hood, great great partners. So you know it makes it easy to do. That's awesome. All right. Uh, earlier in our conversation, you talked about doing some digital advertising. Mm -hmm. what, which channels are you using for that? We're using primarily Facebook and Instagram. Um, we've tried some display, uh, we've tried some paid search, but it, when the day comes back, we continue to see Facebook and Instagram be our biggest drivers of um, that people back in the door um, in, in acquisition. Um, we haven't tried TikTok yet. I know that's like the next horizon. It's just, it's a resource issue. Uh, we've got a small team and uh, we try to focus on the, and small dollars to so try to focus on the things that we know drive. And are you, are you running awareness ads, click ads, acquisition ads? What kind of ads are you running? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're build, you know, we're looking at who's in our restaurant, um, targeting them, but also building lookalike audiences, heavy lookalike modeling um, through Facebook, Instagram, and uh, targeting them. Multiple messages going on, um, an ability to track which message is driving um, people back into the restaurant or online at the restaurant level. So... Pizza in Pittsburgh might work, but in Michigan, um, where we have restaurants, it maybe doesn't work. Maybe it's wings. Um, so it's like making sure that the messaging, the imagery, which what's best to buy the, at that restaurant level and, and um, having different creative, different offers, different campaigns running at every restaurant.
So are you running an ad at a store level or are you doing it like at a bigger, like a city level? How do you, how do you do that? Depends on, mostly store level, but you know, we do have, we have density in a couple areas where we go city level. Uh, but really at the, at the restaurant level, we're running different campaigns. Wow. That sounds like a full-time job right there. Yeah. We've got a great partner um, that helps us with it. Um, that tracks using Wi-Fi uh, technologies is able to track that you saw the ad and you actually showed back up. So, so is it is it like a geotargeting type thing or no? It's um, uh, the partners at Dentro uh, used to be oh, called okay. Denreach. Yeah, so they're they're feeding ads out and then they know the person saw it and then they are able to track the device when it comes back in. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's, I use the level of creepiness metric <laughs> and like that's in the middle of creepiness, but it's uh, but it gets around a lot of the a lot of the changes Apple made um, with cookies. This actually it solved that problem very fast you're still able to track people and know they saw the ad and they actually showed back. So is, is a Dentro running your ads as well? Yeah. Yeah. Full partner for us and building the models. I mean, along with our team, but also running the ads, just deploying the ads. God bless it's a lot of partners. Um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a best in class versus a one tool fits all guy. I think you are too. Um, million percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd rather find, the best tool in that space first and it's work, but a lot of these partners inter interface with each other. Um, and they almost everybody interfaces with NCR today. Cause they're, you know, they're the largest point of sale platform. So, um, you know, we're on NCR and everyone pretty much integrates into them, which helps. How are you handling guest feedback? We're using, uh, we've got a pot, uh, I would call it a pilot cause we're like half our restaurants past pilot, but we're using tattle, um, for guest feedback. Uh, it's really powerful. I used to use SMG back in the day and um, the feedback is great. Um, the ability to see the issues at the restaurant level and see then see global issues. Like it's, it's eye opening. We're going to roll that out. Um, but the ability for our, our, our coaches to be able to go in and actually respond right back to people and give them, they actually can give an offer and then tattle contract. They actually showed back. Um, it's pretty powerful. Um, no. And then we do reviews. I mean, we, we review management, we respond to reviews. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tattle's been really powerful. We've got, you know, we get feedback on Facebook, feedback, email. Well, and Tattle, is it just on receipts or is it, are you using No, it? it's actually, um, it's triggered through. So today we triggered through two channels, any online order um, through Olo and any Patronix transaction. <clears throat> um, it's not on receipts today. I think that's the next horizon. I think there's a, a world also with putting something in with third-party delivery to, to say, hey, you know, give us your feedback and then sometimes then do some sneaky data capture there and convert those people to first party. What is, uh, what, what is, what is the percentage of third to first party conversion? Yeah. Very low. It's okay. like, you know, everyone thinks I'll oh, put a bag stuffer in. There's a reason people are loyal to DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats. And I think Grubhub, it'll be interesting to see this whole Amazon Grubhub deal. I'm like waiting to see what happens. You know, Grubhub's like the third for us. See if they can really, if Amazon picks that up, it helps them pick it up. But yeah, it's very low. People are loyal to the DoorDash platform. They don't go look for Permani Brothers. They go look onto DoorDash and then see what they want. Yeah, I saw some stats earlier this year that said like, if you're converting between one and 4%, that's good. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it. I'd be happy. I mean, but, you know, we're happy with the sales and they have a role in our space and, you know, we got to drive the top line. God bless. All right. Super quick. Cause we're getting into the bottom here. Uh, w top one or two channels for new guest acquisition. Uh, Facebook, I would say, you know, big success with Facebook and Instagram, uh, direct mail, if you can afford it. 
So when you say Facebook and Instagram, do you mean ads or organic? Ads. ads. Yeah. I mean, organic's there too, but ads are um, probably the biggest thing um, for acquisition. All right. Top one or two channels for retention. Uh, loyalty. Is the, you know, by far, especially if you're running the program, right? What is the frequency that a guest is getting a communication from the brand? So if you say loyalty at least once a week, maybe twice a week, um, and then organic, we're posting uh, five to, three to five times a week, at least something organic in real time. We've got a great social media team that um, is out watch. Like I feel like they're never sleeping because <laughs> they are like out playing in the conversations and um, responding. And uh, they had a great one last night about New England Patriots. Um, you know, as Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they made a really great New England Patriots jab last night, but. Um, that, you know, organic and Twitter were probably multiple times a day in the, in the, in Twitter, making reposts and comments and feedback. Do you, uh, I mean, just if you have a second, do you find that Twitter is really effective? I don't know. It feels, <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> uh, that's a battle, right? I don't know. Facebook, we definitely know is effective, but I don't know about Twitter. <laughs> it's fun. Amen. All right. Well, Adam from Promantic Brothers, super excited. Thank you. I knew this was going to be a great show. I knew you'd have tons That's of different tactics. I mean, we could probably go three hours on this. I, stuff. I could go hours on some of these things. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I hope you have a great day. And if you're listening to the podcast and you thought this was awesome, you know, share it with somebody else who might enjoy it and make sure you follow us if you want more of this. So thanks, Adam.